0: Lamar wrapping up the ball with both arms, and he just gets. Look at this! Everybody. Look at this team that's headed to glory and running it. And he by down the Lamar Smith tears
1: away from tackle. He won this game. The Dolphins are going to Oakland. The Dolphins have done it. They have won this game. Everybody, they had him stopped for a loss, and he runs for over 200 yards. Well, you don't deserve to win when you get three points. Lamar Smith finishes up with 40 carries, 210 yards, and two touchdowns, including the game winner. The fans here at Pro Player Stadium are gone berserk. What a game and what a victory for the Miami Dolphins. All right! football team that would not be denied. Miami's got the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal
0: Hello, Miami Dolphin fans. Welcome to the same old Dolphin show, now part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. I'm Josh Katzker with me today and every day is my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain, Aaron. Say hello to the people. Hello to the people. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to the, to the people. We're recording this episode on Thanksgiving evening. Um, Before we get into our Thanksgivings, I wanted to let everybody know that that audio that you heard at the beginning of the show is important audio because it was audio from the last time the Miami Dolphins won an NFL playoff game. Jay Fiedler, and really Lamar Smith led the Miami Dolphins to victory at home against Peyton Manning and the Indianapolis Colts. And why did we play that clip? Well, because the Dolphins are traveling to Indianapolis this week to take on the Indianapolis Colts, and it is a game with, believe it or not, a lot of playoff implications. And we'll, we'll get into all of that a little bit later on in the show. Um, of course, we are now part of, as I mentioned, part of the Dolphins talk.com podcast network. And if you are not already, we invite you to subscribe to the show on Apple podcasts. Uh, we're also on SoundCloud. Um, I've been asked about putting us on some other, um, Platforms, whether it be Stitcher or Spotify, I'm looking into it. I'm hoping to have some news for you soon, but for now, it remains just SoundCloud and uh, Apple Podcasts. So we invite you to go subscribe to the show there, rate the show there, review the show, leave us some comments. We really appreciate it. And of course, if you're not already doing so, hopefully you're following us at Sam Old Dolphins on Twitter. Follow the brain at Aaron the Brain, and I am at Amplified to Rock on Twitter. Join us. Join the conversation. Get involved. We're also at Facebook.com slash Same Old Dolphins. It's the Thanksgiving episode, Brain. Here we are. It's Thanksgiving night. How's that tryptophan working out for you right now, Brain?
2: Well, right now, I've got my second wind going. But about an hour and a half ago, I mean, it was hitting me full force. I don't know if it was the tryptophan or or the red wine that was taking its toll. Could it have been the fact combination? That, could it have been the fact that you guys had six pies on your Thanksgiving table? Well, I would say that, but I mean, I was so full after the meal that I barely touched the pie before the nap. But I'm on my second win now. I, I took a little nap. I woke up. I I revived myself with a nice cup of coffee, and then I was like, "All right, well, now it's time to eat some pie." And I had a little bit of pecan pie. I had a little bit of key lime pie. I had some of this Oreo cream pie. I've still yet to try the pumpkin pie. And we've got an apple pie. Uh, so th- there's still more pie to be had, and that's gonna happen after the show. But I'm restraining myself right now. And and just a little bit here, a little bit there, the pumpkin pie so far. I mean, the pecan pie so far is the star of the pies but I mean what a spread uh turkey prime rib stuffing sweet potato casserole mashed potatoes I made this this amazing mac and cheese I mean not to toot my own horn It is a good mac and cheese a four cheese mac and cheese oh my goodness what a spread and then you know some some red wine so it was really it's no wonder that I was like in a food coma for a little bit but now I'm ready I'm ready to do a show, and then I'm ready to eat some more pie. Sounds like you guys had a fantastic Thanksgiving down
0: there in South Florida. We had a, a very mellow affair here in Central New York, where it is currently two degrees outside. So we had a very uh, it, it was t- two degrees outside, and our Thanksgiving was very chill. It's very chill. Just had uh, I see what you did there. Yeah, thank you. We just had uh, just had one little one friend of ours over, and otherwise it was just me, the wife. And the baby hanging out, having a very low-key Thanksgiving, watching a little bit of football, just hanging out, enjoying each other's company, enjoying the day off of work and enjoying not having to go outside when it was as cold as it was. So – um yeah, en- enjoying the day. Hopefully, all of you that are listening to this episode of the show, it's uh, as you're listening to it, it's either late Thanksgiving night or early on Black Friday. So maybe some of you are listening to the show as you're getting ready to go out and kick off your Christmas shopping in earnest and in taking advantage of some of the door busters that they have in all the various stores out there. Um, Regardless, the point is that Thanksgiving is a holiday to be thankful and to be grateful for the things that you have and all of the good things in your life. So hopefully all of you were able to do that. And among the things that we had to be thankful for this Thanksgiving is that as the Miami Dolphins head into Indianapolis to take on the Colts in a game that, as I mentioned earlier, has... Uh, found itself with huge playoff implications. The Dolphins have something to be thankful for because Ryan Tannehill is back, baby! Zombie Ryan Tannehill returns from the brink. There was speculation. We speculated that he might be out for the year. It wasn't sounding good. But uh, as it turns out, Tannehill is able to throw the ball, throw the ball regularly. He has a little bit of soreness, but he says it's tolerable. He says that he's able to deal with it. And by all accounts, he's able to throw the ball around just like Ryan Tannehill has always been able to do. So it turns out to be a pretty good thing for the Miami Dolphins. A Miami Dolphins team that when this game kicks off against Indianapolis, when this game kicks off on Sunday, it will have been a month since the Dolphins scored an offensive touchdown. And it will have been over a month since a Dolphins quarterback... Through an offense, through a touchdown pass. The last touchdown pass thrown by the Miami Dolphins was by Danny Amendola in that game against Houston way back on October 25th. So it wasn't since, uh, Brock Osweiler threw two touchdown passes in that game against Detroit. That was the last time a Dolphins quarterback has thrown a touchdown pass. And, and quite frankly, I think it comes at a really good time because Brock Osweiler gave us that the classic sort of backup quarterback performance where he comes in those first couple games and you go, okay, well, this is okay. This is an okay performance by Brock Osweiler. And you start to drink the Kool-Aid a little bit. You're starting to feel good about Brock Osweiler. And you think, well, maybe there's not that much of a drop-off from Ryan Tannehill. But then Brock Osweiler remembers that he is, in fact, Brock Osweiler. And the following three games were just dreadful the Dolphins offense has looked very bad and no pun intended it looks like the return of Ryan Tannehill is going to be just
2: the shot in the arm that this team needed yeah well they're going to need it to be I'm not sold that he's 100% um, and I mean the reporters are saying it looks like you know they've seen him throw at practice and he looks like Ryan Tannehill and that's great Um, He certainly gives us our best chance to win if he's even remotely close to being 100%. So if he's 80% at this point, I know I said a few weeks ago, I said, I'm not sure how good, how much better an 80% Ryan Tannehill is than a 100% Brock Osweiler. But that was before Osweiler really just put up two of the worst games that a quarterback can play, and two games where the Dolphins couldn't even put up an offensive touchdown, and now the Dolphins come into this game against an Indianapolis Colts team that is on fire, that has won four in a row, that actually in their last five games has averaged thirty-six points a game, uh, and it, honestly, their defense has been playing has been looking much improved as well. So this looks like a team that's that's really hitting their stride as we enter into the stretch run. Hitting their stride. Brain, the last time
0: they scored less than 29 points in a game was on September 23rd. That was the last time the Colts, excuse me, I'm sorry. No, they scored 24 against the Patriots uh,
2: on October 4th. But I mean... Right, but over the last five games... They're on fire right now. Which spans six weeks. They're averaging 36 points a game and they've been... you know, 29 or more in in every one of those games. And Andrew Luck, uh, you know, there were questions about his arm strength coming back from the the shoulder injury uh, that, that forced him to miss all of last season. And, you know, there were questions after the first month of the season, people saying, look, he, he's never going to be the same. And, well, they were wrong. And hopefully we were wrong about Tannehill because – not that they were the same injury, but you're you're looking at shoulder injuries with uh, where you're talking about questioning whether or not guys can regain their strength and how much soreness they can deal with and tolerate and play through. So while Ryan Tannehill's injury was nowhere near the extent of the injury of Andrew Luck, and while Ryan Tannehill has never been close to the caliber of quarterback that Andrew Luck is as well, you you hope that just the way that Andrew Luck has come back and reverted to form, that we will see similar results with Ryan Tannehill because they're going to need it. Because not only have the Indianapolis Colts been just firing on all cylinders offensively, but defensively they have been improved. And where they have been especially impressive defensively has been stopping the run. They are sixth in the NFL in – Yards allowed per rushing attempt, aver- uh, allowing just 3.9 yards per attempt. And over their last three games, they're averaging allowing just 3.6 yards per rush attempt. So the Dolphins, who have had, you know, inconsistent results running the football, but always have had more success throwing the football when they're able to establish a running game find themselves in a situation where they may struggle to find running room for whether it's Frank Gore or Kenyon Drake. And that means that they're going to need to rely even more on Ryan Tannehill and this passing attack. Um, So they're going to need Tannehill to be at his A game for them to have any chance because I have have very little faith in the defense keeping Indianapolis below – Let's say twenty-four points or so. I mean, they nobody has kept this team below that amount. And if that's the case, well, then the offense is going to need to put up points. And if they can't do it running the ball, then it's going to have to be Ryan Tannehill. Now, how good this Indianapolis Colts team is, I'm not sure because I look at their schedule and I look at. It's obvious. Look, they've won four in a row, and they've been putting up massive points. And the defense looks better. And all the all those things are true. But when you look at the teams that they've beaten in this stretch, and and mind you, you know in that five-game stretch where you're talking about 36 points per game that they've put up, the first game in that stretch was a loss where they actually gave up 42 points to the New York Jets, a team that couldn't even score a touchdown, couldn't put up more than six points against the Dolphins, and then got absolutely destroyed by Buffalo the following week. So... I'm not. I'm not necessarily sure how good Indianapolis def, Indianapolis Indianapolis's defense is. And then you look at the remain. The, you know the, the following games: a home game against Buffalo with 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 Buffalo starting Derek Anderson, uh, a road game against Oakland, a team that has given up. Then you know a home game against Jacksonville where you got to give them props for putting up 29 points, but they gave up 26 points to. To Blake Bortles, who is not any sort of world beater, and then probably their most impressive win of of the entire season uh, came last week with uh, their home victory against Tennessee, thirty eight to ten. But you know the quarterbacks that they've played—it's it, you know Marcus Mariota, Blake Bortles, Derek Carr, Derek Anderson, Sam Darnold. When they've gone up against Tom Brady, they gave up 38 points. When they went up against Deshaun Watson, they gave up 37 points. They went up against Carson Wentz. And granted, that was Carson Wentz's first game back after his lengthy uh, injury. Uh, They gave up 20 points and lost that game. So it's not like they've had this great success against great quarterbacks and great teams. They've really won some games against some below average teams. Uh, you know, are average to below average teams. I think the Colts are in a situation where they're very similar to the Dolphins right now uh, in that it's a, it's a, they're obviously both teams have the same record. Both teams are five and five and both teams have had moments in this season where you feel like they're, you know, potentially a playoff caliber team and other moments where you're like, this team is just dreadful. I would say the difference and it's, it's probably an important, distinction to make is that the dolphins looked a lot better in the first month of the season and the Colts have looked a lot better in the last month of the season. And that is, you know, that That means something. The Colts are getting better. The Colts are on the upswing, whereas the Dolphins season seems to be falling apart. Right. It's the difference
0: between falling down to five and five and sort of lowering yourself to five and five while the Colts are sort of on the upward trend coming up to five and five. Now, but we're going to get into that game in a second here, but I want to focus a little bit before we get into the X's and O's of this Colts game. I want to talk a little bit about how Ryan Tannehill's return Sort of shapes the rest of the season for the Miami Dolphins because when we get, went into the bye week with Brock Osweiler at the quarterback position, Dolphins lose that game to Green Bay. A game that, quite honestly, if I you know I think if Tannehill's the quarterback, maybe the the Dolphins have a better chance at pulling that game out um, because the game was there for the Dolphins to take against Green Bay. By the way, great job doing the solo recap show. Um, if you haven't heard Brain's Thank solo you. recap show of the Green Bay game, I, I, I recommend it. He uh, he he lays into Brock Osweiler a couple times. It's it's pretty good. I guffawed twice listening to the show. It's tremendous. Um, but I want to talk about how this how this Tannehill return sort of shapes the outlook for the season. And granted, a lot of a lot of that probably depends on what this game Sunday looks like, right? If Tannehill comes back Sunday and leads the Dolphins to a big road victory against the Colts, that puts them at six and five. Uh, it doesn't quite put them in pole position for that sixth playoff spot, but it puts them in a good shot in a good spot because if they'd be sitting there at six and five with tiebreakers over Indianapolis and over Tennessee um they would not have the tiebreaker against Cincinnati, but Cincinnati, I have a feeling is not gonna be around at the end of the season when it comes to that sixth playoff spot, but at any rate I was I, I sent out a bunch of tweets the other day. That made me think that that what I basically what I had said was that Ryan Tannehill's return brings back some legitimacy to what a lot of folks were getting ready to write off as another lost season for the Miami Dolphins because it was a season where Tannehill it looked like you were going to have had 5 games of Ryan Tannehill and then you were going to play 11 games with Brock Osweiler and David Fales as your starting quarterback and you were probably missing the playoffs and probably ending up with a mediocre record and you know the season ends and you you still don't really know where you are and you probably end up bringing Ryan Tannehill back because you know the the contract issue is what it is with him and and you know the one thing you know is that you really need to m- take a step forward as far as the quarter po- quarterback position but because of the enormous slew of injuries you just you really just don't have a great idea of where you are because i think the other side of that coin is you look at the fact that the Dolphins are five and five at this point, given what their injury situation has been. And you have to go, wow, that's kind of amazing. Um, So Ryan Tannehill comes back and he's here for the remaining, let's say he stays healthy for the rest of the season and he's able to quarterback the team for these last six games. And I think Whatever ends up happening in these last, last six games, the fact that you have your quarterback, the fact that this will be a season where Gase has his quarterback for the bulk of the season, means that you can that you can't just toss it off to say, well, he didn't have his guy. If this offense continues to struggle, and granted, he's missing some weapons, but if you've got your guy, you got to be able to step up and play football, you know, as best as you can. Um, And especially if it's your starting quarterback, because we've seen quarterbacks succeed with not a lot of great weapons. I mean, look at the Indianapolis Colts. Look at what Tom Brady has done in his career and not necessarily this season, but there have been seasons where Tom Brady has not been surrounded by stellar talent, but he's the kind of quarterback that can, it doesn't matter who he's surrounding himself with. If Tannehill can come back and somehow get this team into the playoffs, even if it's nine and seven, even if it's nine and seven and the Dolphins sneak into the playoffs on the last day. I think that at this point merits some kind of, I think it changes the narrative a little bit um, because that is quite an accomplishment, particularly the way things are going right now for this team. Um, and I think it makes you say, all right, Tannehill's coming back next season. I still think you have to, absolutely have to move forward with an eye in the future because I think you needed to do that anyway. You need to be drafting a quarterback or at least making plans to do something, right? You can't just rest on your laurels again next year with Ryan Tannehill and Brock Osweiler and David Fales unless you really believe Luke Falk is your guy. I mean, at this point, I have no reason to think that that's the case. But then again, I also have no reason to think that's not the case because I haven't really seen him in an NFL situation. But uh, you know, I think that it changes things. It absolutely changes things to have Tannehill back. And I really would like to get your thoughts on what that what Ryan Tannehill's return means for the narrative of this season as it goes on.
2: Well, I mean, first and foremost, you look at the standings and you look at the schedule. And you have to acknowledge that the Dolphins have a chance uh, to be a playoff team because you've got what looks like five teams that are pretty much locked in barring a collapse in uh, New England, Pittsburgh, San Diego, and Houston, and well, and, and, and Kansas City. Those are your five. And then you're followed by I believe it's five teams that are all at five and five, and the Dolphins are one of them, which is Baltimore, Cincinnati, Miami, Tennessee, and Indianapolis. And then you've got a couple of teams at four and six that you can make a case for, but probably one of those teams that is currently five and five is going to make the playoffs. This game on Sunday between the Dolphins and the Colts is probably a de facto playoff game because Whoever loses this game, and especially if it's the Dolphins, uh, is probably knocked out uh, because at that point you're probably having to win out. And when you look at the Dolphins remaining schedule and you've got games still remaining against New England and a road game against Minnesota, I mean, they're not going to win both of those games. <laughs> it just That's not going to happen. They're probably going to lose both of those games. I would say – with near certainty, they are going to lose both of those games. But that means if they win the the other three games, they're sitting at nine and seven. And then it's a matter of what those other teams around them do. Um, so if they win this game, the season is still alive. Now, as far as what it means for Tannehill and what that means going forward with that whole narrative. Well, this is Tannehill's basically... An, it's like a, it's like another job interview. I know we've, we've exhausted this to death about this is Tannehill's make or break year. This is Tannehill's make or break year. Then he has an okay year, and we're like, well, that was good enough for us to, to give him another year. And then he has a year where he gets injured, and then we're like, well, that wasn't fair because he got injured. And so then we give him another year, and. He looks good for a couple of games, looks bad for a couple of games, and now it's injured again. And it's just like, okay, at, at some point we've got to give up on him. You but know what it is, ba- Brain? You know what it
0: is, Brain? It's it's Gase keeps telling us that Tannehill hasn't even come close to his ceiling. He's not even there. He's nowhere near but his ceiling. that's BS. That, that, well,
2: there's no way. Well, what I'm saying is I mean, that no, – What I'm saying is with these to, last six games – For him to say games, he's nowhere near his ceiling is just – it's ridiculous. Yes,
0: I agree. With, it, it, I agree it, it, completely. I agree with you completely. But I believe because, because if, that these if, last if, six games. Because if
2: if what he did, if what he did in 2016 was nowhere near his ceiling, then you're saying that he is one of the top six or seven quarterbacks in the league.
0: Yeah, and I and I don't believe that that's true. But what I'm saying is that this and, is and another six games. Bad. It's like, another six games for Ryan Tannehill. Agree with that. It's another six games for Ryan Tannehill. To if he has something like that in his back pocket, if it is something that is there, it's six games for Ryan Tannehill to show us that he has it and to deliver on that big time level. That's what this is. And if, if at the end of those six right, games you know he what? doesn't you know deliver it, then, then you go to the offseason and you go... Tannehill's never going to get there. And I trust me, I'm already of the opinion that I am not holding my breath. I don't think he's ever going to be more than what he has been. I don't think he's got some other level left to reach. But we've got these six games, and if somehow it's there, if somehow Ryan Tannehill is able to lift himself to some other echelon of quarterback excellence, then this six games can prove that, and Ryan Tannehill can Find himself, land himself a new contract over the course of the off season. Do I believe that's going to
2: happen? A no. new contract. You think he's going to get a new contract? Well, who knows? Well, I mean, he's already under contract. That's the whole. That's all the whole right, point. Right. He he right. I know like that. But what I'm saying is, dollars.
0: I'm saying, I'm saying, if he We're delivers, give him another
2: extension. Listen, if he if he toes six games,
0: let's say Ryan Tannehill comes out here in these last six games and leads the Dolphins to go six and zero for the rest of the season. If the Dolphins go six, it's not going to happen. First of all, but if it does, that leaves the Dolphins at eleven and five and probably,
2: very possibly, winning the AFC East. This is dumb. <laughs> this is dumb. Come on. First of all, that, yeah, no, I'm not even going to entertain that as a, as a possibility. Second of all, if, if they go nine and seven or if they go eight, and eight regardless of what happens, there is going to be the built in excuse that the receivers are banged up. The offensive line is banged up. He's playing with this shoulder injury and he is a warrior for play. And, and look, the one thing that I will say about Ryan Tannehill that's that's positive, And it's been a positive since the day he stepped into the league is that he is tough as nails. And he, if there is a chance of him playing, if he is physically capable to suit up, even at 75%, the guy will do it. And I love that about him, but he's just not that good. He's not, he's not bad. He's not that great. That it is what it is. That's who he is. But if look, Give him the six games and say, look, do the best you can and we'll reevaluate it. And again, it comes down to you've got dead cap space. That's, you know, $13 million whether you could, whether, you know, that if you cut him, that's $13 million that you can't use anyway. Um, so. If, if they look at the landscape of the rest of the league and they say that Ryan Tannehill is still their best option to win next year, then fine, you bring him back for one more year and then you, you cut bait with him you know, the next year when there isn't all that um, that huge amount of dead cap space if you cut him. But you can't at this point be thinking that he's going to be anywhere near uh, you know, a top seven quarterback in this league. And if you, you believe that we, he, he's only scratched the surface and the guy's in his seventh league and he's, he's 30 years old and he's now like dealing with a, a reconstructed knee and he's got this shoulder thing with the capsule injury that he's, that he's battling. And again, tough as nails, great, great leader, great guy by all, by all accounts. The guy's never gonna be an elite quarterback. I agree just with you. It's not gonna happen. I and, agree with you. But I, okay, but let's say, let's say they make the playoffs. What I would say is if they make the playoffs, given his current contract situation, you look at it and you say, Well, we should bring him back next year. I, I think that's that's all you say. You, there's nothing of no like we need to give him an extension. We need to stay all in. We don't need to draft a quarterback. We don't need to worry about the qu- he's still our quarterback of the future. No, there is nothing that Ryan Tannehill can do this year short of the impossible, which is what you laid it out. That would that would lead me to believe that it would be a good idea for the Dolphins to not worry about the quarterback position going forward.
0: I yeah, I even if even if that did happen. I, I still believe you got to, you know, you got to make some plans. But if that for happened,
2: future. I'd say, I, if, if that happened, I'd say, okay, Tannehill is your starting quarterback and maybe we don't need to draft a guy unless there's like an elite guy that falls into our laps. But you, at, you still definitely need to go out and get a backup quarterback <laughs> because yes, absolutely. we know that because Brock Osweiler is not yeah. a good backup. And if he's beating out David Fales, then we know that David Fales is not a good option as a backup quarterback either so you definitely need something yeah there was a reason that Brock Osweiler was
0: basically out of the league before uh Adam Gay said hey why don't you come play down here in Miami there was there was a reason for that so anyway Ryan Tannehill is back and uh you know it's gonna be what it's gonna be as far as the future it's an opportunity another opportunity for him to prove everybody wrong because at this point I, listen, at this point, if you don't believe Ryan Tannehill is what you've already seen that he is, I, I don't know what Kool-Aid you're drinking. Adam Gase is drinking that Kool-Aid. I'm certainly not drinking that Kool-Aid. Well, you know, it's an opportunity for him to prove us wrong, and maybe he will, but I'm not holding my breath. You know, like I said, uh, you know, earlier this season when Gase had his fired up press conference about Ryan Tannehill and talked about Ryan Tannehill hasn't been to a season, his ceiling yet, I said... If Gase is deciding that he wants to ride or die with Ryan Tannehill, I'll be standing over here waiting to give the last rights because I just, I'm just not holding my breath that he's ever going to be more than what he is. And what he is, excuse me, is not going to be, is not that great and it's not going to be that great uh unless this Dolphins team can build a, a ridiculously talented team around him. And, you know, Maybe that's something that they're in the process of doing right now. Um, I don't see it because this defense needs a ton of work. And, uh, we're gonna talk about that defense and how it matches up against the high powered Indianapolis Colts offense in just a moment. But first, we need to break and talk just a little bit about some good news. Uh, off the field that is not related to the current Miami Dolphins team, and it's that Miami Dolphins legend Zach Thomas has become a semifinalist for the National Football League Hall of Fame. Um, I think it's fantastic news. Of course, he's not a Hall of Famer just yet, but this signals the fact that I think it's maybe something that's going to happen sometime down the road. Whether or not it happens this year remains to be seen, but it's really nice for Zach Thomas to make it this far uh, in this process at this point in time, because Zach Thomas was just one of those guys, I think one of my all-time favorite Miami Dolphins, a guy that had no, not a single ounce of quit in him. This was a guy that would never give up on a play, was an undersized linebacker, but he did what he had to do to to be a great teammate, to be, a, I think he was, the, wasn't he the defensive captain for a little while of the Miami Dolphins' brain? Um, uh, probably. I mean, I, I just, oh, early two thousands, and it was just it,
2: it's Taylor. It's,
0: it's. Yeah, those two guys, uh, Zach Thomas and, and Jason Taylor, we're having some weird connection issues on the brain's end right now. Brain, of course, is in South Florida this week for Thanksgiving, but he he will be back at home in his studio for, uh, the recap show. But anyway, we apologize for those little technical issues. But yeah, this, uh, Zach Thomas and Jason Taylor were two of those, just the staples of those Miami Dolphins teams of the uh, late nineties, early two thousands that were just so fun to watch. Uh, just a great defensive unit, never gave up, not an ounce of quit in him. Um, and I think very deserving Hall of Fame candidate. Hopefully we eventually get to see him enshrined in Canton. Maybe it doesn't happen this year. Maybe it happens down the road, but it was really nice to have that little bit of good news. And as Dolphin fans, we got to grasp, latch on to any good news we can get nowadays, because most of the time the news is bad surrounding our team. Uh, at least when it comes to performance and, and current results on the field. So it was nice to hear that good news, uh, about Zach Thomas making it as a semifinalist. Keep your fingers crossed. Maybe he will in fact make it and be a finalist
2: and be inducted
0: to the NFL Hall of Fame this season.
2: Yeah, the thing about Zach Thomas, and and I love, Zach Thomas was my favorite Dolphin player, I think, that I've ever watched uh, because of when he played and the way that he played. Uh, because, you know, me, born in 84, really started watching the Dolphins in like probably 89, you know, from about 89 to... 93 94 95 uh you know other than marino there weren't a lot of constants on the team in that in that era and it was it wasn't until zach thomas came along in the mid 90s and then of course at that same time that's when you you got your your terrell buckley's and your sam madison's and your pat sertans and you really got that defense that They built really around Zach Thomas and Jason Taylor uh, and Tim Bowens and Daryl Gardner. Zach Thomas was the first constant that was just like, this guy is a Miami Dolphin that is going to be, he's basically a Miami Dolphin lifer. And granted he did finish out his career with a season for the Cowboys and a season for the chiefs, but he played the first 12 years of his career as a Miami Dolphin and The way that he played, you said it, undersized linebacker, no ounce of quit in him, student of the game, wasn't ever the fastest guy, wasn't ever the biggest guy, wasn't ever the strongest guy, but he knew because he was a student of the game, he knew how to read the play and beat everybody to the punch and attack a hole and meet a running back in the hole and just like he was shot out of a cannon because he knew exactly where the play was going. And that, you know, it didn't matter. Like he he was at the hole before the, before the running back was at the hole. And if it wasn't for Ray Lewis and Junior Seau, who happened, both of those guys happened to play at the same era as Zach Thomas, Zach Thomas would have been the best linebacker in the AFC for a decade. But because he played in an era where... Ray Lewis, who is arguably the greatest linebacker of all time, and Junior Seau, who for probably the first four or five years of Zach Thomas's career was probably neck and neck with Ray Lewis. Zach Thomas, for probably, you know, a a good like four or five years there, was only the third best linebacker in the AFC, and so he was overshadowed a lot by those guys, but If he was in the NFC in that time, I mean, he'd have been a pro bowler every single year. And that said, he still made the pro bowl seven times in eight seasons from, from 99 to 2006. So, I mean, the guy was an impact player twice was named the NFL's linebacker of the year. In my mind, he's a hall of famer. Now there will be detractors that will look at the Dolphins success in the playoffs in the, in those eras and say that, uh, look, he couldn't just never, those dolphins defenses had some, had some meltdowns late in seasons. And Zach Thomas wasn't immune to that. Um, he was a guy that specifically in games against, I know in games against the New York jets in that era, um, it seemed like, you know, the dolphins went through that stretch where they couldn't beat the jets They, I think we lost to the jets maybe, maybe 10 times in a row. It was, it was, and, and in a lot of those games, we had like two, three touchdown leads, including that nightmare meltdown at the Meadowlands game on Monday night football. And it seemed like, in every time we played the jets, it would be Kevin Mawai would somehow get to that next level and would just dominate Zach Thomas. And You know, the really great offensive linemen, when they got out to that second level, that's where Zach Thomas, if there was one critique of him, was that he could get overpowered by really good offensive linemen, like centers and guards that would pull and get to that second level. And and when he got dominated, that's when uh, the Dolphins ran into trouble. But to put the Dolphins' playoff struggles on Zach Thomas is not fair because I think most people would say while their defense definitely didn't rise to the occasion every time I think most people would agree the reason the Dolphins had very little to no success in the playoffs in that era had much to do with their quarterback situation in in Jay Fiedler
0: yeah Jay Fiedler by the way the quarterback that led the Dolphins to that victory over the Indianapolis Colts in 2000 as the Dolphins Won their last playoff game. That was the last time that it happened. Uh, Zach Thomas, part of that team as well. So, uh, yes, much deserved uh, honors for Zach Thomas, and hopefully there are more to come for him. We will uh, stay tuned in that regard. But we now turn our attention to the Indianapolis Colts because the Dolphins will be traveling probably about the time that a lot of you are listening to this. The Dolphins will be traveling to Indianapolis to take on the Colts this Sunday at 425 Eastern, a game that is only going to be broadcast broadcast to really pretty much the local markets. I think the state of Indiana and the state of Florida and then like a couple little areas around there will have uh, the game on TV locally. And then, of course, those of us with uh, NFL Sunday ticket will be able to view it as well. So I think only 13% of the country getting Dolphins, Colts. The other rest of the country will be watching Steelers, Broncos. But a big game coming up on Sunday, and we've sort of broken down where the Colts have been and what they've been up to. So let's take a look now at how they match up with the Dolphins. And as it turns out, the Colts are a high-octane high team, and Andrew Luck is looking every bit the quarterback that uh, we all imagined that he was going to be in the NFL, and he's just flinging it around right now. But fortunately for the Dolphins, the strength of their defense is their secondary. The question is, is the Dolphins' secondary going to be able to do enough to shut down the Colts receiving cores, and are the Dolphins linebackers going to be able to do enough to cover some very tough Indianapolis tight ends?
2: Yeah, I I think there are some matchup problems here. And, you know, Ebron, look, the Dolphins have struggled against tight ends all year long, so I don't (laughs) foresee them. I I, I foresee Ebron will, will, will make an impact on this game. I don't know that he'll necessarily be like, you know, ten catches for a hundred yards and two touchdowns, or anything like that. But I think he's certainly a guy that could easily get five or six catches for sixty yards, and and you know he'll get a look in the red zone and he could score a touchdown. He's certainly a guy that that could cause problems there. T.Y. Hilton is the guy that uh, Andrew Luck will go to, um, but Xavier Howard should pretty much shadow him, and uh, I think. Look, you occasionally you're going to want to roll a, a safety over there, whether that's Fitzpatrick or Jones or McDonald to kind of help out because, look, Hilton is a big play waiting to happen. He's one of the better deep threats in the, in the league. Um, but I, I think he's a guy that you game plan for and you can contain him. The thing that worries me about this game from the Dolphins defensive side of the football, it's it's two things. It's one, they do have a guy in Naheem Hines who is a weapon that can be used in the passing game out of the backfield. And that has given the Dolphins linebackers and the Dolphins defense in general fits really the last, I think, three seasons, uh, certainly the last two seasons. Um, and so that that worries me. And then the other thing that worries me is the same thing that you saw Last week, or not last week because we had the bye, but again against the Packers, which is what I talked about going into that Packers game is when the Dolphins have played these teams that have a really good pass offense and they've gone in and they're like, they're all out on this wide nine where we're just going to rush the quarterback and we're going to try to throw some blitzes on the outside and we're going to play our soft cover too. These teams have gashed Miami on the ground. Uh like for, and not just like five, six yards a carry, eight, nine, 10 yards a carry. And the Colts have, have quietly been a pretty decent running team. Um, they, they use a three headed monster of, of Marlon Mack of Himes and also Jordan Wilkins. And Wilkins has been kind of the spell guy. Himes is kind of their, their scat back and Marlon Mack is kind of their feature back. But if the Dolphins, are going to keep going with this wide nine strategy and they're not beefing up to stop the run and they're not focusing on stopping the run, then they're not going to stop the run. There's nothing that we've seen from this Dolphins defense that would lead you to believe that they're going to be any better at stopping the run unless they make that their game plan. And I think that's just a fundamental problem with their defensive strategy, with their defensive game plan, with their defensive coordinator and, I just think Matt Burke is too stubborn to change it. I think he thinks that his system works, and it clearly does not. And if they cannot stop the run, they're certainly not going to be able to stop Andrew Luck if they're being put into situations where it's second and short and they they can't stop the run, so now they have to start worrying about stopping the run, and then that opens things up in the passing game. So I think it's going to be another long day for this defense. Uh, and I, I think the Colts are going to keep their streak of putting up points at an extremely high clip. I think they're going to keep that streak going. At UC Funke says,
0: uh, excuse me, wasn't UC Funke. He says his hot, he had one hot take and his one hot take was that the Dolphins will score fewer points against the Colts than the Rams did on Monday night against the Chiefs. Uh, yeah, that's, that, that is a hot take. That is quite cold. In fact, because, I, yeah, I believe you're correct. That I'm not convinced that the Dolphins in the next three games will score a combined 54 points. But uh, uh, Austin, I'm not convinced that the Dolphins will score 54 points the rest of the season. Woof. There you go. Uh, Austin Dobbins says. See, that would have been a hot take. Yeah, that, that is a very hot take, especially with Tannehill coming back. But um, Austin Dobbins tanny. says. Per- Tannehill. Yeah, I threw a Tannehill in there. Um, For those of you that don't know, we call Ryan Tannehill Tannehill. You know, like the John Gruden Tannehill. We call him that when he plays dumb. When he plays, when he's bad Tannehill. When he's good, we call him Tannehill. We go by his actual name. But when he's bad, Tannehill. Austin Dobbins wanted to know what the most important factor is on defense to stopping the Colts offense. And you just sort of mentioned the run game is big. But I think another aspect is, Andrew Luck hasn't been sacked in five games. You think the Dolphins can get to Andrew Luck and put him on the ground?
2: Well, look, it's possible, but there's a reason why he hasn't been sacked in five games. And, and part of it is the fact that they haven't played, you know, like great pass rushes. But, I mean, they did play Jacksonville, and uh, Tennessee is not exactly like a slouch defensively. The reason that Andrew Luck hasn't been sacked in five games is, is by design. They're getting the ball out. He's getting the ball out quickly. He is a very cerebral quarterback. He reads defenses and the game plan is to, for him to get the ball out quick. And so we've seen over the course of this season, Cameron Wake and Robert Quinn have these games where they get really close and they get a few quarterback pressers apiece, but they're never able to actually get to the quarterback because the other team has a strategy of getting the ball out quick and that's really the way the league is going because for years for for pretty much a decade now the league has been uh really i guess for more than probably about 15 years the league has been a pass happy league and so defensively the way to combat that to be getting these elite edge rushers And over the past five to 10 years, there has been an influx of these elite edge rushers in the league. And so the way the offenses have adapted to deal with these edge rushers, unless they have just a phenomenal offensive line with like all pro tackles and very few teams have two of them, um, the, the way you combat it is screens, draws and quick passes. And that's where you've seen the short, quick passing game is really the wave of the end. That's the trendy thing in the NFL. And what it does is it's neutralized pass rush and the really excellent quarterbacks who are very cerebral and have quick releases and are able to read defenses and get the ball out quick and make the right decisions consistently without getting confused and having to hold on to the ball. Those are the quarterbacks that are having the most success and they're not getting sacked very much and uh, Andrew Luck is that kind of guy and I just I mean if the Dolphins get to him it'll be few and far between because that's the game plan um they're going to need a if they want to get to him they're going to need a tremendous game from not just those pass rushers but they're also going to need tremendous games from their entire secondary because they're not going to be able to allow guys they're going to have to cover probably for four or five seconds uh to, to make that happen. And I just, I think the way the Colts are running their offense right now with a lot of quick hitches and, you know, short, short stuff, quick outs, you know, quick drops, quick passing game. I just, I don't think it's going to be a game where the Dolphins are going to get to Andrew Luck and really affect the game with their pass rush. I think the the more important thing is going to be getting into those passing lanes, reading them, trying to confuse Andrew Luck, which is not an easy thing to do. And then more importantly than that, it's stopping the run and it's tackling. It's not allowing guys when they catch the ball five yards from the line of scrimmage to turn that five-yard catch into a 15 or 20-yard catch. It's keeping them to the five-yard catch. What about on the other side of the ball? We've sort of exhausted
0: what the Dolphins need to do defensively to stop the Colts. And that's probably the biggest key to winning this game. But the other side of the coin is, as we mentioned earlier, Dolphins haven't scored an offensive touchdown since that game against Houston. And a Dolphins quarterback hasn't thrown a touchdown pass since the game against Detroit. So what can Ryan Tannehill and this offense do against this Indianapolis Colts defense? What is going to be the key for this Dolphins team to score enough points to win the game? Is it to firmly establish the run game, whether it's the double-headed monster with uh, Kenyon Drake and Frank Gore, or is it about Tannehill, you know, finding his form and really incorporating all of his receivers? He's got Devonte Parker is a question mark for the game, but he'll have Kenny Stills. Uh, Jakeem Grant is out for the season now. Uh, it, he didn't tear his Achilles, but he had uh, surgery on his leg and he's going to be on IR and miss the rest of the season. Um, Dolphins have picked up Bryce Butler as, uh, as an extra hand at wide receiver. And of course they've got Leontay Carew as well. So what is going to be the key
2: for this Dolphins offense to score points against the Colts. Well, they got to try to find a way to get a running game going. And it, it, like I said, the Colts have been on defense, one of the better teams in the league at, at stopping the run and not allowing big plays. And, you know, so I, I think the Dolphins need to, you know, they need to be patient. They need to try to manufacture a running game. um, You know, if they can run it between the tackles and, you know, surprise us by, you know, having a good running game. Well, that's going to be helpful. Um, and that'll open things up. It'll open up the play action. It'll open up the the bootlegs and the rollouts and that kind of stuff. Um, and it'll, you know, help freeze the linebackers, keep the, uh, the pass rushers honest. But even if they're unable to run the ball, you know, super well, the Colts have holes in their secondary. It, It is not a good pass defense. And so, uh, if, Danny Amendola is healthy and he's questionable and he's practiced on a limited basis. If Devontae Parker plays, he is also practiced on a limited basis. Uh, And then you've got Kenny Stills. These guys got to step up and Tannehill's got to be on the money. Uh, The dolphins have enough weapons in the passing game. uh, Not to mention Kenyon Drake out of the backfield. And we've seen him out of the slot a lot in the last few weeks uh, as well as Mike Jasicki the Dolphins have enough weapons where they can exploit some mismatches against the Colts secondary. And I think we can move the ball on them, but Tannehill is going to need to be on his A game. And we're going to need, I think we're going to need some big plays because one thing that we have seen from this team is that we're not able because, and it's, it really comes down to the quarterback. It's really what it comes down to is that Whether it's Brock Osweiler or Ryan Tannehill, we don't have an elite quarterback that can consistently play great and drive his team down for 15 play drives and score touchdowns without screwing up somewhere down the road, you know, somewhere once they get inside the 20. And because of that, where the Dolphins have had the most success, it's been in games where they've been able to get big plays. And we have not seen those big plays since the Chicago game. Uh, we saw one of them against against you. Maybe we saw a couple of them against Houston. But the the past few weeks, I mean, we just n- we're not seeing those big plays. And those big plays mostly were generated by getting the balls to playmakers in space. They weren't real I mean, Tannehill had a couple of deep throws early in the season, but uh by and large, the big plays that this team has created have come from Getting the balls to playmakers in space. And you've already lost Jakeem Grant. You've already lost Albert Wilson. So Kenny Stills is probably your best playmaker, followed by Kenyon Drake. But we've seen flashes of Devontae Parker. So I don't know who it's going to be, but the Dolphins need to get some chunk plays and they need to get them. They need to get a few of them because they need to get some cheap points where. We're not having to go on these 10, 12, 15 play drives every time to score a touchdown uh, because if we have to do that, then I don't think we're doing that more than once, maybe twice in a game. And if we're only putting up two touchdowns, uh, we're not winning this game. It's just not going to happen.
0: Yeah, I w- I would agree with that. It would be really nice to see the Dolphins find a way to incorporate the tight ends into the offense a little bit more, whether it's Nick O'Leary. Uh, I don't know if A.J. Derby is ready to be ready for this game, or whether it's finding a way to get Gesicki involved. Whatever the whatever they need to do, you got to incorporate these guys. You got to find a way to make it happen. Got to find a way to score some points. Um, I have a... Uh, one, I've got two Thanksgiving-themed one hot takes to share with you. You ready? Yeah. It's They're actually questions, but they use the hashtag one hot take. Here we go. For question number one, ham or turkey? This is from uh, Austin Dobbins at Austin D1316. Ham or turkey? Ham or turkey? Both. You, you, you don't get to choose both, you, one or the other. Ham. Yeah, I, I would go with ham as well. Now the tough one. Ready? But
2: the answer is really both. Well, okay. Apple or pumpkin pie? Oh, I mean, for me, this is easy. I'm a, I'm a pumpkin
0: pie guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm all in on pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pie with a big dollop
2: of whipped cream on it. Let's go. Well, yeah, I mean, you got to have the whipped cream. If you're eating pumpkin pie, look, you could eat pumpkin pie without the whipped cream. If it's dire situation and you don't have whipped cream and you can't get to the store to get whipped cream, but if you can get whipped cream, if there's any way possible to get whipped cream and you're eating pumpkin pie without whipped cream, you're just doing life
0: wrong. Yeah, you know what that scenario? You know what that scenario is? It's it's that scenario where you go to Taco Bell, right? You go to Taco Bell, they ask you what kind of sauce you want. You tell them you want your fire sauce. And you get to where you're going and you open your bag and you, you pull out your tacos. There's no fire sauce. There's not even mild sauce. Now you gotta eat the taco without any sauce. Now I know some people hop in the car and drive themselves back to Taco Bell to get the sauce. But if you don't have it, you don't have it. You gotta eat the taco without the sauce. That's exactly what it's like when you have to eat a pumpkin pie with no whipped cream. And that is one hot take. And that is going to wrap us up. It's I think a fire take. Thank you very much, and that is, I think, going to wrap us up for this episode of the same old Dolphins. You want to make a prediction? Oh God, you're right. We didn't even predict. Well, here, go ahead, Brain. I'll let
2: you. I'll let you go first. Go ahead. I think the Dolphins' offense puts up some points, but I think the Colts' offense puts up more. The Colts win thirty-four to twenty-three. There are. If you're a Dolphin fan, you've probably been listening. It's a lot of dolphin
0: podcasts. You've probably been listening to a lot of dolphin media. And everybody that you talk to, everybody that you have listened to, has told you the same thing. Colts are going to score a lot of points. Dolphins probably aren't. And now you're listening to the same old dolphin show. And the brain has made his prediction. It's been the same thing you've heard from everybody else. And now it's time for me to give my prediction. And you know... What the deal is. I'm going to tell you the same thing that everybody else is telling you. The Colts are probably going to score 35, 38 points. Dolphins are going to score 23 points. I'm going to say 38, 23 Indianapolis Colts. I'm sorry, friends. I would love to tell you that the Dolphins are going to go into Indianapolis and get a big win this weekend. And it's possible that they might, but I'm not picking it. I'm picking the Colts to get the win here. Um, I think Tannehill's gonna show a little bit of rust early, and he's gonna he's gonna have some accuracy problems. I actually think he's gonna be a very it's gonna be a very Jay fiedler like performance from Tannehill where he's not particularly good in the first half, and then in the second half he starts to look a little better. But the fact is the Dolphins will have dug themselves a little bit too big of a hole to dig out of at that point, and I think the Colts are gonna hold on. For a pretty comfortable victory all that being said we'll be back after the game on Sunday to recap it and give you our thoughts and break it down and then uh yeah we'll just sort of have to wait and see what happens but we'll be cheering for the best of course because if we're wrong and the Dolphins win this game suddenly the Dolphins are six and five and looking pretty good I mean, it's still a long way to go, but they're they're going to be, it's a big step in the right direction in that playoff race if the Dolphins should get a big win on Sunday. But that's going to wrap us up for this episode of the same old Dolphins show. Brain, why don't you tell the people where they can find you? can find me on Twitter at Aaron the Brain. And, of course, I am at Amplified to Rock. The show is at Same Old Dolphins. You could download, rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. We'd really very much appreciate it if you took a few minutes out of your day to leave us a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. And, of course, follow us on SoundCloud. Give us a like over there. Comment on the show. Let us know what you think. Um, of course every episode of the show is also available on dolphins talk.com. we are part of the dolphins talk.com podcast network um so we advise you to go out and check out dolphins talk.com lots of great content over there including mike's interview with orlando alzageri uh that he just uh, dropped on Thanksgiving morning. So uh, I advise you to check that out over there. Of course, all the other great podcasts, uh, Landon and Jeff show, fins up, fans down, perfectville. Lots of good stuff over at dolphinstalk.com. It is your one-stop shop for all things, Miami Dolphins. On behalf of Aaron the Brain, I hope you have a wonderful remainder of your holiday weekend. If you have to work, I hope it goes smoothly and painlessly. If you're out there shopping, uh, going out for a meal, remember to take care of those retail employees and wait staff. They've got to work on the holiday weekend so that you can go out there and enjoy the season. So remember to be kind to all of those people. Take care of yourselves and each other, and we will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Go Dolphins!
1: Miami Scott Dolphins, the greatest of team. We take the ball from